Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Hello and welcome to the I Could Never Do That podcast. I'm Carrie Barrett, and these are the stories of people who have gone into the arena and fought hard to achieve the unthinkable in spite of the fact that, yes, sometimes they are scared and do have some insecurities. Are you ready to go in? It's my hope that after hearing some of these interviews with thought leaders and artists, athletes, musicians, and entrepreneurs, that maybe you too will be able to go from, I could never do that, to, you know what? Maybe I can. Welcome to another season of the I Could Never Do That podcast. My name is Carrie Barrett, and on this show, I talk to people who are doing things that most of us would say, I could never do that. So socks, sock, I could never make socks. Okay, (laughs) let's face it, we've probably never said that in our lives. But you know what, there was somebody who did. And I guarantee you, even though maybe you've never thought about making socks, you think about socks all the time. Think about it. You get a blister after a race or a run, it must be the socks. Your feet ever get cold, need better socks. Preparing for a long hike or a long adventure, I promise you, you won't forget the socks. So how did one man and his family go from the hosiery business to creating one of the most recognizable sock brands in the athletic and outdoor space? Well, that is exactly what we explore today on I Could Never Do That. Hugh Gaither is the founder of Features, recently stepped down as the CEO and has let his son step up to that role. And it is a family-run sock business based in North Carolina. As I said, Hugh worked in the hosiery industry with his family, but as a runner coming up in the big running boom, he noticed something that really seems obvious to us now. He noticed that there were no good socks out there for runners. So he set out to make his own. I love this I could never do that story because like most people who accomplish these great things, it starts with an idea, a need, a vacancy. It was it was a gut feeling for Hugh. It wasn't like he knew how to make socks. He he sort of knew what to do in that industry, but it rarely starts with the know-how right out of the gate. And as you'll hear today, Hugh and his sons have followed their guts and their intuitions a lot. And the result, as you know, is probably in your sock drawer as I speak. So please welcome Hugh Gaither, recently retired CEO of Features. Good morning. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing wonderful. And are you in North Carolina? I am. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, where my wife and I moved five years ago to be closer to three of our eight grandkids. Oh, congratulations. And congratulations on your quote unquote retirement as founder and CEO yeah. of Features. Yep. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm stepping back. I've, I've taken the role as executive chairman. Uh, so we'll certainly not walking away from the business, but we've been at this 21 years. My son, John, was involved from the very beginning. It's absolutely the right time for him to take the lead. He's been running the kind of the guts of the operations for a couple of years. And so it's very, very appropriate. And, uh, and so I'm, um, as you can imagine, uh, this is an evolving chain. So I'm kind of working my way to find exactly the right rhythm, so to speak. One interesting thing is I noticed that you ran your first marathon 
Con in 2002, and that's when Features began was in 2002. So we both had a start of sorts at, at the exact same time. So, um, Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for doing your research. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Now I need to live up to it. But you know, when I was preparing for this interview, I... In my brain, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm pretty brand agnostic about a lot of things. You know, like right. I have a lot of different <clears throat> apparel. I have five different shoe companies that I rotated in and out. And then I just started to open up my sock drawer and I was yeah. like, hmm, features. Hmm, features. Oh, boy. Features. We appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate features. that. Yeah. And it dawned on me. That yeah. about 90% of my sock collection is features. Wow. And is so zoom fist bump through the uh, yes, fist yeah, bump. Yeah. Thank and I'm you. honestly, I was, I was trying to, to discern why I gravitate right. towards it. And right. I have a lot of questions surrounding that why and my why, yeah. because yeah. you could see here, I do have like the, the short socks for running, mm -hmm. I have the mm -hmm. longer socks for hiking and trail running. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and cycling. And, and so I feel like it just meets all of these needs. So for you, when you were developing features, I know you were in the hosiery business with your family um, for, for decades before. And then in 2002, you decided to do socks, which let's face it, not the sexy, uh, you know, <laughs> not the sexy product, right? right. right. Hosiery, right. some would argue is more sexy. I would disagree. I think socks are way more sexy than hose, but why socks? Sure. Well, as you said, I, I as I told you, we moved to Charlotte. So I grew up about 45 miles northwest of Charlotte in the heart of the textile industry there in, in Western North Carolina. So lots of textiles, hosiery, socks, uh, furniture as well, all kinds of manufacturing. And I was involved in this family uh, hosiery business that when I started, they were just making ladies hosiery in, in a private label format. Anyway, long story short, the there was a big athletic boom in the late 70s, early 80s. Nike first came to the U.S. or Nike launched, Adidas came to the U.S. Anyway, sporting goods stores grew, Dick Sporting Goods, Sports Authority, brands were launched and things like that. So our company got into the sports sock part of the business. I'd always been active in sports. And anyway, that business came to an end in 2001, and I had to figure something out. And so... Having enjoyed the sports sock part of the business, uh, I made a little local uh, trip to the mall there uh, in Hickory, North Carolina, and I noticed that the sports socks that I was familiar with hadn't changed much in about 20 years. And so everything in the world was changing, but the two or three brands that I saw in Finish Line and Foot Locker and things like that just looked the same. And so honestly, as simple as that, I, I had enjoyed the sporting goods part of the business. I felt like maybe I had some connections there. And I thought, well, maybe there's an opportunity. Things look a little stale. Maybe there's an opportunity. So with as simple an idea as that, kind of started thinking about it uh, from that point on and ultimately developed a business plan based on my learnings from this 27 years with this hosiery manufacturing firm and had determined this time, whatever I was going to do was we were going to be a brand. We were not going to be, quote, a hosiery manufacturer. We were going to be a, a brand, a sock brand. We were going to make our product a premium product that hopefully discerning consumers like perhaps yourself 
could tell there was some value and would be willing to pay pay for that. And a couple other things. We were not going to be a manufacturer. That took lots of time and investment. We were going to focus on marketing and building the brand and work with manufacturing partners, which we've done. And we were going to try to start with small specialty stores, which turned out to be the running specialty stores back in 2002, uh, and then kind of build up to the likes of Dick Sporting Goods and Academy and, and REI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. And the, the one thing that well, two things that I didn't plan on that worked really favorably. One, uh, our three oldest kids were away in college, and our 15-year-old son, Joe, John's younger brother, was at home in high school in the 10th grade. And I came home one night. I was running back then. I'm a, I'm a walker today. Um, and I said to my wife and Joe in the kitchen, I said, you know, we're going to have to come up with a name for this brand, maybe something that conveys the features and the benefits of the brands. And Joe, without looking up from his 10th grade homework, just said, features f-e-e-t-u-r-a-s and i said wow and so it's stuck and it's been it's been a great name the, the other thing that was really good was my son john and graduated from davidson college in 2000 and so in 2001 he had gone out to southern california he was living with my old my younger brother andy he was a professional golfer teaching out there and i knew john hadn't kind of figured out a career path and i just said john i think i'm gonna start this company i don't have any idea what's gonna happen but i would love for you to join me and he he agreed and that turned out to be a really really favorable thing because i learned that in a small business john's really different than i am and that turns out to be a really good thing in a small business two sets of eyes two perspectives two ways of thinking about things and that just helped us make better decisions in those early days and it certainly prepared john for what he's going to do today but those were two things that i they weren't written into my business plan but they worked out extremely favorably for features you know, it, and you anticipated so many of the questions that I have written <laughs> down. And so thank you for the natural segues that are to come. But the I, I love that uh, companies like yours and larger, major companies spend millions and millions of dollars on focus groups and ad agencies <laughs> and all of these things to come up with the right name. And your little punk 15-year-old is sitting there eating Cheerios and just goes, features, and, and right. it's done. Was that an I, instinct thing? Like, like well, I, have to, I have to add one thing to the story. So I had um, my original partner in the business was a gentleman from Charlotte who had worked in, with my previous company as a, as a marketing uh, contractor, if you will. So he's in the marketing field, and I went to have uh, lunch with him and talk to him about this business, and he agreed to help, and he also actually – became an investor at the very beginning. And he was doing just what you said. He was doing focus groups about the name. And I called him the next day and I said, Jim, stop. <laughs> the name. Of course, he being the marketing guy, he's, well, I think we need it. I said, you can do it, but this is the name and it's worked favorably. So, you know, that's, that's another difference between Joe and John. Joe's a little bit more like me, but he has a, he has a flair, a little bit of instinctiveness like that. John's more analytical and thoughtful and cautious. And those play really good roles in different parts of the business, as, as you can imagine. So um, I wasn't expecting, expecting that yeah. from Joe. But, but since then, Joe's been the one that tends to have these kind of little brainstorms just like that from time to time. So it, it, rang, it rang true, if you will. I love that. And the other question that sort of goes along with that is, you know, this this show, this particular podcast is called I Could Never Do That. Right, and right. so I, I know that there had to be several moments along the <laughs> creation story where you're like, I, I I don't know, I can't do that. So when you're coming up with, when you decided to start an athletic sock company 
and you had a little bit of background from, from the other company where you started to do that. How do you even determine where to begin? Because you were noticing, okay, they're all the same. So does that mean that they're all like thin and not good? Like, do you start with style? Do you start with fabric? Do you start with a particular sport? You started with running, but I feel like I, a lot of us who are entrepreneur wannabes would like absolutely get stuck right there of where to begin on your first sock. Uh, good, good question. And what I noticed were the, the the socks that I saw in the market and the specialty stores that I saw right then with these national stores, Foot Locker and Finish Line, that sort of thing. This brand called Thorlo, which was a brand I was very familiar with and a brand called Right Sock. Thorlo was thick and bulky, which was actually very, innovative in the early 80s when they introduced the product when shoes were very <clears throat> cumbersome and clunky and you needed that uh right sock used a two-layer concept and so by 2002 there had been developments in things like lycra and i i envision it, it seemed clear that a sock that was more compressive and form-fitting instead of thick, uh, thick and bulky and layered and things like that might make sense and so, so that was sort of the sock concept G given the fact that i'd been in the sock world if you will i actually used a, a company that was big in that world back then dupont big chemical company that's the maker of lycra they make cool max which was a factor in the market at that time and i i decided one of the remember i mentioned our product needs to be different in some way shape or form hopefully different in a favorable way and so the the product characteristic that I zeroed in on at that time was something called a seamless toe. Seamless toe is pretty common today in better products, but if you went to buy socks at Walmart or Kmart, although even those have gotten better today, you, you'd find socks that have a, a sewn seam, like something in your shirt and in, on your foot. If you're running a triathlon like you've done, you, you start to feel something like that. So anyway, that was my purpose. I flew to Seoul, Korea, and I asked DuPont to introduce me to some manufacturers over there who could help me. And I took a business plan over there. And the idea was to make this more compressive sock. So they did that. I ended up meeting this company that became a partner, if you will. They knew manufacturers all around, all throughout Asia, and they were prepared to make this product with a seamless toe. And that gave us, so the, so the sock we introduced was way more compressive and form-fitting than the brands that were in the market. It used moisture-wicking fabric, which some of them did, and, but not all of them. But it had this seamless toe, and none of the brands had that at the time. And so it allowed us to go in to these small-running specialty stores and say, hey, got something that's different. Why don't you try it and see what you think? And we left the product behind for them to try. And just like in your they, – they tried it. They saw it was different. They thought their customers who were runners would respond favorably, and it kind of went from there. And it so it literally was a grassroots launch. Very, you... very, very much, yeah. In fact, the grassroots support of those running specialty stores still today, 21 years later, is still the key to that part of the business. If you think about it, those running specialty stores, uh, their focus is footwear. So people come in there to get fitted with footwear. And today the brands are Hoka and On and Brooks and Saucony and New Balance and so on and so forth. And the better running specialty stores have realized that if they offer those same customers a performance sock and features would be one of the ones they would have in their stores, uh, they're likely to sell socks along with, uh, along with shoes. So it became advantageous to them, but they tried the product and they, they saw, wow, this actually is better for me. It's a, it's a better experience. 
And so that grassroots activity, you know, running stores will have running groups and training groups and things like that. If you're training for a marathon, your local running store might have a training group for a couple of months and we would provide socks to those groups so they could then turn around and give them to the train trainees and they come back and they like the product and they come back and buy the product. And it's good for us and good for them. Retail. So very, very much grassroots. Absolutely. Still today. Mm, yeah. And I noticed that uh, very vividly at the running event because I was in attendance and, okay. uh, uh, you know, met Ashley and some of the features staff who were, who were wandering the floor and okay. just, just striking up lovely conversations. I happened to be wearing right. feature socks, which was a complete bonus. But um, <laughs> but every time I tried to come by your booth, it was swamped. And that <laughs> is obviously because you have such a great relationship with these with these retailers and they're placing their orders for 2023, which is which yep. is fantastic to see. Uh, as a leader, you personally, what strengths did you possess at this time when you're launching this company, I'm still in this origins portion. Sure, sure, sure. What yeah, strength yeah. and like, uh, dare I say audacity did you have to, to, to feel like I could do this better than these other companies? You know, a, a lot of it goes back to your foundation. Uh, I grew up in a family that uh, knew, knew, knew the right things to teach their, their kids. I, had two, I have two younger brothers. And so we grew up with a mom and a dad. My dad was in the business that I was in for all those years. And they just set a great example about treating people the right way, no matter who people are, all people. You know, I, I kind of had that that um, knowledge from the very beginning. And so from, from, the, from the outset, um, one thing I would say in any new business venture, you have to believe pretty strongly that, you can ultimately be successful, whatever success is defined by, so to speak, because taking our business, for example, when we were going to the joining specialty stores, I told my son, John, I said, think about it, John, these guys have to sell shoes to be successful. So we're, our brand is just not going to ever be as important as Brooks and on and Hoka and that kind of thing. So we better be really easy to work with everything better work very efficiently and effectively. And, we better be pretty passionate about what it is we're doing because nobody else is going to carry that, that um, out, out there, so to speak in the market, that message. And so I think believing, believing that we legitimately had something that I, I knew it was different. <laughs> we mm -hmm. could, we could look at the other brands that were out there, you know, uh, could we, could we tell that story and who better to do that than John and I. And so in the beginning, we kind of shared responsibilities ultimately, I became the one that was more out in the market. John managed the, the manufacturing and the supply chain and the product innovation, which we realized was really, really important. But I think it's that if you, if one, if one you feel, uh, I guess, comfortable or confident with sort of who you are as a person and, and know you recognize your strengths and your weaknesses, because we all have some, some of both and realize where maybe you have a blind spot over here. So you don't think you know it all or anything like that. And you listen you listen really carefully what you hear when you're out there talking to potential customers and things like that. Uh, but you believe you, we, we believe we had a product that was, that was different enough to be successful and it started to prove itself being true. Yes. There were moments when, I mean, at, at the beginning, there's not enough capital to do what you want to do. And there's all kinds of little questions. And we certainly had our little uh, ups and downs in that regard, but ultimately we, we believe that we had we, have, we believe we had a foundation for this company that made sense. 
And we believe that eventually, if enough people responded favorably, like, like we thought they would, we could actually grow, grow the brand. And as time unfolded, it started to kind of prove itself like that. And so, uh, yeah, there are always there are always question marks and things like that. But I, I guess I, I grew up. I had a I had a foundation that told me that if we did the right thing, if we treated people the right way, and we and we had a product that made sense, we would find a way to to find a successful path. And so that that proved to be true. And how important is it that the company started and remains a family owned business? I mean, that's that to me, like that speaks volumes about your integrity yeah. that I think you're, that you're alluding to, you know? Right. Definitely important. As you, as you might imagine, many, if not most of these running specialty stores around the country are family owned or is at least they're privately owned by one, one person or something like that. So that I think that resonated with them. Eventually, we expanded into the footwear specialty market and other kind of a small sort of retail stores that focused on casual footwear in addition to, to running shoes and socks and things like that. So I think that was definitely an important thing. And when, when John Junior brother Joe joined the company in 2009, when he finally graduated from uh, UNC Chapel Hill, it, it clearly we had um, a family picture, if you will, that, 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 um, resonated with people and so de definitely a, a, a favorable factor an important factor you still had to do the other things you know the, the the product needed to be right it needed to continue to evolve we needed to ship orders to people on time and that sort of thing but at the same time it probably set a good example for the if you think about it my daughter Catherine, who's who's become re-involved even though she lives in california today she was one of our early employees until she uh, got married and, and, and moved away but I think when we begin to hire a few other people, and for a long time, we were very, very small in terms of people, because remember, we were not a manufacturer. I think they connected to the family dynamics and the fact that there was a family, uh, it was a family business, and that was meaningful to them. And because they had families themselves, and they we, we could identify with that, they could identify with us. And so, so it probably resonated in a, a variety of ways, and maybe even ways that I didn't even recognize along the way perhaps yeah i i just feel like it's such the quintessential american story um and it i feel you know now people feel a certain sense of pride when they can support right companies like yours where right. you're talking to the owner right. who is <laughs> making breakfast right. for his children you know it's like it's it's, it's <laughs> right. such an important factor and you know, when I, when you walk into a running specialty retail store or any, you know, it could yeah, be an yeah. Academy or Dick's or wherever, and you've got this wall, this wall of product, this yeah. wall of socks. Yeah. And the first thing that people are going to want to do is pick it up and, and feel it because exactly. they want to assess just not, I don't even know if they, if, if I know as just a lay person, like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for a certain yeah. feel, whether it's too thin or too thick. And, yeah. um, how, how important is is that to yeah. you know when you are displaying socks amongst hundreds of others? Shoes yeah. have the ability of like being colorful and having all of the you know everybody knows about shoe technology. Right. Everyone knows that they're throwing carbon plates and stuff in in shoes <laughs> right, to make right. you to make you this right. much faster. Maybe if it doesn't break right. you, no right. one knows about sock right. technology. Right. Right. You're exactly right, and so. What we would tell you is, and in our case, it's very much a feel sort of thing, just like you had the product there in your hand. As you can imagine, one of the things we did at the grassroots level from the very beginning was go to marathon expos. 
And I think the first one we ever went to was Disney down in Orlando, but now New York and Chicago and Boston and all those places are big opportunities for us to work with retail partners. But at those expos at the very beginning and still today, if you walk by and you're a runner and you're at the expo and you stop and linger and you're looking at the features display there, one of us would walk up with a sock in our hands, just like the one you had right there. Mm -hmm. And we would say politely, are you familiar with features? If they said no, we would say, well, let us tell you about them. And we would actually put the sock on their hand. And if you put that sock on your hand, you can feel what's different and unique about features. And so the one thing I didn't say was in 2011, we evolved our product to introduce what we today call our Features Elite product. That's the product that's left and right specific and Features Elite, if you put it on your hand, obviously the same as on your foot, we can show you and you can feel the targeted compression that's gonna be in the arch of your foot. So that makes the product goes on your foot. It's sort of like it locks in so it's not gonna move or slip or slide. And you know, as a runner, slipping and sliding with your socks and your shoes is not a good thing that's going to produce really bad results so we we can point at literally in about 30 seconds hey you feel the targeted compression it's left and right specific it's not going to move or slip the fabric is moisture wicking which means it's going to move moisture perspiration away from your foot and evaporate keep your foot cool and dry the seam is seamless it's there's nothing there so it's going to be perfectly smooth and it's going to form fit to your foot. And literally in that brief amount of time, most of the people at a marathon event, so they're somewhat discerning. Mm -hmm. It's like a light bulb. Goes, and even if they've never heard of features, and even in the early days, they responded to that and they would buy a pair and it would kind of go from there. The same thing in a, in a manner of, of way should be or is taking place at many of the running specialty stores. What they would typically do is if you're in there to buy a pair of running shoes they might say by the way what type of socks do you wear here let me why don't you try on this pair that we carry in our store and it kind of goes from there and so you can imagine one of our strategies is our sales reps who are scattered around the country when they're going in to visit with the stores in their area they're leaving try on socks at no cost to the store for them to use for that purpose they're also leaving features for the person who's working on the floor to try because hopefully when you walk in as a customer, they're going to, you might ask, well, what are you? And they say, well, this, actually I wear features and they'll pull their, you know, pants up and show you that they're wearing features that very day. So when we're visiting as a, as the company out visiting stores around the country, the best thing we can possibly see is to have someone say, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm wearing my features today. So because the, you're going into those stores, they're delivering some information that the average person doesn't have, even if they're a runner. And if they believe it, they can convey the feature story along with that. It kind of helps move the product mm. out in the marketplace. So I, 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 look, I look ridiculous. Uh, this is an audio only <laughs> podcast, but I did in fact put a sock <laughs> on my hand and I have always known that there was a compression feature, but I never did the, yeah. the, the hand yeah. test and there you can you absolutely feel right by your thumb exactly. where it, where it exactly. compresses, right? Where it's supposed it, to compress. Yeah, it, it, exactly. When we introduced that product, this manufacturing partner that I told you about that we'd formed back in 2002, we told them, John and I, as we were going out in the market in those early days, we launched our product at maybe eight or nine dollars a pair. We saw some products that were left and right specific and they were selling for fifteen dollars a pair. And we noticed we didn't think there was a whole lot of difference, to be quite frank, in theirs and ours. But we said, 
we need to find a way to, to introduce a 15, you know, a, a product that, that's that's more expensive, so to speak. And working with our manufacturing partner, we we they came to us with this targeted compression idea. And John, by that time, who was leading product development, took that and literally for about six or eight months, they developed the design that you see today. And about that same time, about 2010, color invaded the running specialty marketplace. When we started, running shoes were black and white. And all of a sudden, they started being all kind of colors of the rainbow. And so that design not only allowed us to show the consumer where the target impression was, but it allowed John and his team to put different colors that match running shoes and running apparel. And, and that process continues to this day. And today, John has a team of people, of six or seven people that are involved in the product design and product innovation process 24-7, 365 days a year, because we say product drives everything no matter how much you like the fact that we're a family business no matter if we ship our orders on time if the consumer that's coming in that store doesn't like the product that we're delivering to them eventually the retailer is going to go in so that's a key to what we still do every day today at features yeah and and socks are now a major fashion accessory as part of yeah. apparel even yeah. just in daily life yeah. i mean yeah exactly Billions of dollars. Now, I noticed too, and I'm not sure if this is one of your your newer uh, technological advances, but this particular sock that I'm wearing is yep. is is your uh, wearing on my hand. By the way, yep. uh, <laughs> is the uh, like plantar fasciitis? Sock, yes, and it's supposed to help relieve some of that pressure. Can you talk a little bit about how this sure. came to be? So we learned uh, early on that plantar fasciitis is an extremely common injury in running. It's actually a common injury among a lot of lots of athletes. And for those people who've had it, I've been fortunate. I'm not gonna wood that I've never actually had it. It's very painful and it stops people from working out and doing whatever it is that they're doing. The plantar fascia apparently is kind of a tissue or on the, it's on the bottom of your foot and it kind of just gets out of joint when you have plantar fasciitis. So we took our elite product and modified it. One of the guys in our uh, organizations very technically qualified and added compression above and below the heel, which is where the pain is most prevalent to a person who has plantar fasciitis. And what we found was, and we, we experimented that probably for a year before we ever introduced it, we found that the sock that you've got there that has, now it's got multiple points of targeted compression. It provides some relief to a person with plantar fasciitis. It does not cure, provide a cure. You know, it's not something that's endorsed by the FDA or anything like that. But we've seen it in real life. It does that combination of compression pro provides relief and it allows a person to continue to be active and take other steps to help to resolve the problem over time. And so eventually we we now call that part of our relief and recovery part of our business. And so the plantar fasciitis sock. There's a, there are graduated socks, as you know, those are knee-high socks that mm -hmm. help move blood from the lower part of your body to the upper part. With athletes, it helps people recover sooner. Sometimes people who travel and are on their feet all day long like that kind of form. We also have a therapeutic product that would tend to be people for with diabetic tendencies where you, you need this, you need the um, improving blood flow, but you don't, they can't tolerate compression. So it needs to be very, Lot, no compression against the leg. But anyway, so the, we've seen that at, at every expo we would ever go to, there's a big banner that says plantar fasciitis relief, and you'd be surprised the number of people that see that and come by and, 
and you just let them put it on right then and there. Mm -hmm. And you can see immediately. So it's definitely had thought. It was a very thoughtful design process. We uh, received input from podiatrists and, and the medical community in doing that. And again, it's not a cure, but it definitely aids in providing relief. And so we've seen it work. Yes. And fortunately, like you, I've never had to battle it, but my husband has been in the throes of it for almost a year now. Oh my and, goodness. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I and so it's provided some relief, but some yeah, relief. yeah. 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 And he, it's, it's, you know, it's just one of those things where I know. it's, it's yeah. worse when you get out of bed and then when you start moving, it's, you, you, yeah. it's it fine. And so I'm you get him. that placebo yeah. cure effect and then, and, and then it tightens <laughs> right. up again. Um, right. What other, like, I know that there's some other new, lines out there that were just launched in conjunction with the running event in 2023 um right. in addition to running as well like you also hone in on other sports at like golf and tennis and these are sports that yeah. I, I i play you know casually at best but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are the are the technologies and the designs and the thought behind the the creation of these songs are they different ultimately when you're talking about different um sports right so first let me say this we have evolved in terms of our mission and what we state our purpose is today we say that our consumer base out there around the world are people that believe in a healthy active lifestyle it's a pretty broad group of people but a very positive group of people and our mission is to make products for people who believe that in motion to perform their best. So motion can be any variety of different things. It can be running, it can be triathlons, it can be walking, it can be CrossFit, it can be yoga, it can be golf, it can be tennis, it can be all those things. And so so that in that regard, we feel like we're making people in all of those walks of life. And so one other thing before I get to that story, and that's that's a really unique thing about our business. In my previous business, we made socks, we made hosier products. It, we were, it was all private label, and it was always about price. Everything was about, are we the lowest price producer? So we, we from the beginning, we didn't want to be that. And about the third or fourth year into this, I was the one going out into the marketplace. Features had started to gain some traction in the run specialty market. And I was literally in an airport somewhere out in the Midwest waiting to catch a plane to come back to Charlotte at the end of the week. And I'm standing in line. And by that time, we had at least purchased some polo shirts and it had features right here across the front. And so I'm literally standing in line like you are to board a plane. And a woman who I've never seen before in my life walks up and says, oh, do you work for features? And I said, yes, I do. And she said, I just want you to know that's my favorite song. And so when I got home that night, I picked up, I called, I said, John, guess what happened? And I told him that one. Now, since then, that's happened a million times. But that was the first time. We kind of looked at each other and said, you know, there's some, there's a deeper meaning to what there's, there's something going on here. And it's sort of like it gave us a purpose. And now I would tell you that all of our employees, the employees that are up in Hickory and the distribution center, the employees here in Charlotte that are involved in product production and planning and product design and innovation and all of those things, they get, they get that because today we get feedback on our own website every day. We we see this at expos that we go to throughout the year, so it's it's a very common thing. It never gets old. There you were mentioning at the beginning of this call, but that kind of it was like it was like that changed 
us from just being a sock brand to what we say today, we make products for people in motion to do their best. And that really makes it go broader than, than what we started with. So back to your question, the same characteristics that you and I were just talking about a few minutes ago, those work in almost everything. Every sport has little, little bits of differences. So in tennis, there's, there's a whole lot more start stop than just running. And so products that are cushioned like our max cushion product is going to tend to be better for tennis. And depending, you know, historically, most people in the tennis world wore socks that were a little higher up. Mm-hmm. Also, if you play on clay, sometimes you can get that. So there are differences like that. Obviously, if we were making products this this year, we're going to make a bit of a focus on the outdoor specialty market that we haven't in the past. If you're out walking on a trail or hiking, you're going to tend to want a product that's higher up rather than our best selling tab because there's debris and things out there in the in the forest and so forth on the trails. And then and then in golf, the same thing. The, the same basic features work. But golf shoes are a little bit different than running shoes. And so we have a low cut that's a slightly higher look. Golfers still in the warm weather like to play with shorts and watch their tans and things like that. But anyway, so they're, 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 they're tweaks that we make. But the guts, the, that elite technology, the targeted compression in the, in the arch, making it left and right specific, making it form fitting, the seamless toe and the moisture wicking fabric, those things stay the same. Mm. It's, what it's, I love is... Yeah. Well, uh, forgive me for interrupting. What I love is that you said, like, it it sounds like um, you are responding to the needs of the community. You're not trying to. Exactly. Exactly. You're not creating the, here's what you need, golfers. You're saying, oh, golfers have expressed this need or hikers or or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Today, John, in one of his initiatives, as he took, took responsibility at the CEO level, uh, we've created, he's created an insights part of our business and insights is seeking just what you said. It's seeking that feedback and it's just doing it in a more intentional way. We were always getting it when we were out in the market, talking to a retailer, we would talk and we would receive that or in an expo, but now there's just a, a more intentional and we may actually take some formal surveys and things like that. And I know when they develop products and they've got a series of colors that they're thinking about adding, They'll send a an email out to, and now we have we're approaching five hundred thousand features people who follow features, and so they'll show four or five different colors and say, "Hey, what do you think?" You know that. So there's a process that's more formal now, but from the very beginning, we were always looking for that feedback from the consumer that could help us shape the next innovation or next modification to the product. Mm. And do you have, um, I'm asking, I'm going to ask about partnerships. I know for instance, in the wine industry, uh, and I don't know if, I don't know if all wine companies do this, but but some of the bigger wine companies, they'll create their, their, their wines that are going to go into the grocery retailers. And Mm -hmm, so these mm -hmm. aren't going to be their reserve label high end. Um, they're going to reserve those for the specialty retailers and restaurants and things like that. Right, right. Does your company operate that way where there's a different sock that's going to Dick's Sporting Goods versus what's right. going to be at Fleet Feet? I guess the correct answer to that is no, not not exactly. Because we wanna we wanna provide, we wanna try to meet the consumer wherever they are and wherever they shop. Uh occasionally we'll do some special makeups and SMU for a specialty retailer. Many times we will we may launch something in the specialty marketplace before it shows up somewhere else. And and remember, 
if you walked into your local running store, you may see a big wall of all features. So we may have a hundred facings there at Dick's Sporting because we're a much smaller uh, offering, if you will, and the same is true in, in Academy. And those, both of those retailers sell more Nike and Adidas and Under Armour, even in our category. So, so anyway, what, but we're still, if the consumer walks into Dick's and they're going to buy features there, they're still going to get our, our, our best product. But we, but we certainly try to do things. Remember I told you about the support we do to the specialty retailers. We don't, we don't, you can't do that at Dick's Sporting Goods. So we're trying to help the specialty retailer in every way we possibly can to better sell our product or present our product to the customers that, that walk in there doing, but it's typically about, it's generally the same product. Yeah. 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 You're right. It's like, you can't have all of your products at, at yeah, Academy yeah, because you have yeah, like yeah, two exactly. lines of shelf space and a 16 year old kid. So there's that difference. Yeah. You're yeah, exactly right. Who's selling yeah. it. Um, I, I can yeah. imagine that there's that, that would be frustrating on some levels if you don't yeah. feel like your retailers or your partners are um, as educated as you want them to be on right. your product. Right. Um, and, right. and so how important are those partnerships? I mean, do you offer continuing education? for your specialty retailers? Do you do educational webinars and things when you're launching the new products? The, certainly. So so conveying to them the, uh, the, point, the aspects of the product that they're going to present to their customers uh, in, a, in a simple and easy way. Because remember, you've got the owner of the store and maybe there's a manager and then you've got these staff members and many times those are, they can be high school kids, they can be college kids and that sort of thing. So you have to be really thoughtful. You can rest assured that our sales group, and we have several people that are like sales managers within our organization that are then working with our sales reps who are independent around the country, weekly, daily kind of thing. And they're always trying to convey those bits of information from time to time. We'll produce product videos and things of that nature that they can use. But as we, if you think about it in our conversation just several minutes ago, when I talked about the product and what's unique about it, it's fairly simple. It's not that complicated. So you don't want to make it more complicated than it is. But we're certainly we're making an effort all the time to make sure that the specialty retailer staff is going to be able to inform you or whoever walks in the door about our product in a efficient and effective manner so that you at least understand. Because our product doesn't, we would be the first to admit that compressive form-fitting product isn't best for everybody. Some people don't don't need that or don't want that. And so the staff member needs to understand that. And usually in most of the better running specialty stores, we've helped them understand that about our, our category. Remember, our goal is to help them sell more socks in general. And hopefully we're going to get our share of that if we're a good partner with them. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. In general, um, with, with this being, I could never do that. If somebody wants to start anything, you know, that they yeah. have an idea, they have a vision, yeah. they've seen a hole in the marketplace. Yeah. Do you, do you recommend that they then, um, build a community first of people so that they have like an audience and then launch or are they, are you working on a product first and then taking it to your community or building a community? Is there a rhyme or a reason to how you yeah. think somebody should start a business based off an idea where they think there's yeah. a need. I'm not sure that there's a, a cookie cutter pattern that works in every, every different case. Uh, it, 
if you think about it, in, in my case, I knew something about this particular marketplace. I knew something about this product category. And and just like you said, I saw what I thought maybe was an opportunity, a, a, a hole in the marketplace or something that was missing. And so you can apply that to a thousand different categories for other, other people. The, the one thing that I realized early on, and I, and I think we, in the end, we, to the best of our ability, we tried to evaluate the market that was out there, the competitive landscape and all those things. And think about it, the competitors I named to you 20 minutes ago, they're all gone. They're not the competitors we have today have all entered the market since we, since we started uh, 20, 21 years ago. So it's an evolving process. It doesn't, it doesn't just start, you know, or stop once you develop the business plan. But I think if people's, if people, legitimately are experienced about some particular category market, whatever. And they have an idea that they think is uh, an opportunity. You do need to put it down in black and white because when I put it down in black and white, number one, I could look and see, does this make sense or not? I, I was able to show it to some other people at the time, people who were familiar with the sock category and that sort of thing. And I got some, Favorable feedback, actually, from from some folks who had a little bit of knowledge about the marketplace. I did have one on our website, the the one rep that still works with us today that I reached out to uh, at the very beginning. He said his first comment to me when he met with me all those years ago was, Hugh, the sports sock category or the sporting goods market doesn't need another sports sock. So his first response was, you know, I don't I don't think this is going to be successful. But my point is, you can you you do need to if you've got an idea, you see what you think is an opportunity. You do need to put it down in black and white because they're pretty common formats to a business plan. Mm -hmm. And once you write it out, does it make sense to you to start with? Then does it make sense to people closest around you, your spouse or friends, other people in the marketplace? And if you get to that point and it all starts to make sense, at some point, there's going to be, have to be some financial investment. In our case, it was like so many businesses. It was me and this one other person with probably money we didn't really have at, at the time that we found <laughs> out how to how to pull it together. And he, he's the marketing guy that, that, uh, that was doing those focus groups. You know, he believed in it enough to say, let's put a little bit of money in and give, give this a start. Uh, and, and And that's. That's probably the, the one thing I would add to that, and I've already said it once, is that you better you better feel really strongly at your core that this is an opportunity that you're willing to get behind because it's going to be you you carrying that message out into the marketplace, whatever the marketplace is for those early days. And like I was saying, if you don't bring that sort of energy to it, nobody else is going to do that because, you know, unless you're in some world where it's some earth shattering new technology or something like that. But this isn't, this is a, a, a commodity kind of product that people all around the world wear every day. And so, so that would be my other thing. It, it doesn't, there does need to be some thought. There should be a business plan constructed to say, does this, when I write it all down in a, in a, a business plan format, does it kind of read reasonably logically and that's, and see if a couple other people say the same thing, but in the end, you've got to, you got to be the one that believes in it and carries the ball because they're going to be it. At least in our case, it didn't happen overnight. It took a little time. I, su I suppose the fact that my son was there alongside probably gave me some confidence that I didn't even think about at the time. And frankly, this thing that I mentioned to you about him being different from me, you would think as a parent, I would have known that, you know, he was 22 <laughs> years old at the time, but 
I didn't realize it until we were sitting in that tiny little office for the first six months. And all of a sudden I went home and said, Julie, John's really different for me. And of course, she knew that, as you can imagine. The She's your she, kid, she, Julie. Yeah. She, she knew that all along. And, uh, and, and so anyway, uh, the fact that John, even though, even though he would tell you the fact that he, the fact that he did it didn't necessarily mean he thought this was a, I will say one thing. And this, I think this is in our little video story. John is an athlete. He played, uh, high school football and basketball. He played football in college at Davidson college. He's, he's very athletic, very, very competitive. We're all kind of competitive, but when he tried when he finally came home and tried the sample that I had developed with this uh, help from this company in, in Korea, at least the sample was different enough and favorable enough that it caught his attention that he then said, okay, maybe there is something here. And so that, that probably provided a little bit of additional confidence kind of along the way. So uh, I think it's that it's, it's all those things, but at the yeah. end, you better, you better bring the energy there because uh, you're the one that's going to, uh, expand that to other people if it's if that's going to happen. Yeah, what I love is that you've you have very clearly identified that you and John, who you just recently handed the reins to, are are wildly different. But you entrust him and and your other son so much yep. to, even though you're wildly different in your style, you've entrusted them so much to continue on your vision, which exactly has to be. Uh, gratifying and yet ridiculously frightening all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and yet by to, by now, after 21 years, it's a shared vision. As I told you, the 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 mission statement we we have the long term goal to become the most recognized performance stock brand. Those are things that kind of developed over time. And John and Joe both had input and in, insight in, into those things. And so, uh, yeah, it, I mean, the hard part is just to, you know, for 21 years, I'm doing something and. I've got to, I've got to find a different, got to find a different balance today. And there's, there's a part of that. So it's, uh, some of it's enjoyable. I'm, not, I'm waking up a little later in the morning than I, I'm not yeah. catching any, I'm not at the airport at 6am to catch a 7.30am flight anymore, that kind of thing. But, but you, you miss that. I was at TRE just like you were back in, mm -hmm. in December. And I, I miss that energy and the interaction with those sales reps and that kind of, but, but I know, I absolutely know it's the right thing. And I know John and his brother Joe are, and they've got a great team now around them, are, are going to be the right group for the right time. And I'm, I'm not going to disappear, but, but you, you make a good point. There's a balance to this now, and I've, I've got to find the right balance. There, there are points where my input and experience can be helpful, and there are points where I just need to be quiet, you know, and let John <laughs> do what he's going to do, that sort of thing. And, and that's the right thing. We're at that point now where that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Okay. I have one more question for you. And this okay. is a bit of an ambassador um, fangirl question. Um, and I, and I speak on behalf of all of your customers who are loyal to features and the, those people that do come up to you in airports when they see that logo, <laughs> how can we, you know, I'm going to be, I'm about to be at the Austin marathon this weekend where there's 15,000 people. I'm leading a team of a hundred or so yeah. athletes to, you know, to their, to many of them, their first finish lines ever. And how can we help carry the torch for your company as lay people who just love the sport and love the product? Well, number one, I, I appreciate you even, even saying that and asking that question. That's a great question. And what we would say is 
there, there are two things. The most important thing, because I guarantee you, at that Austin Marathon, if you're standing at the finish line and you're looking at how many people there are, I'm going to say 75% of those people are not wearing socks they bought at a run special. Or they're wearing something they bought at Walmart or Kmart or, or wherever. So one one thing that's a good message is just, is just to say socks are an important part of the equipment for you as a runner. Just as important as the shoe and the shorts and the T-shirts that you wear, anything, the hydration, all those things. Think about it. Socks are closest to your feet and the feet, your feet are the ones that are performing the test. So socks are really important and we happen to believe features is a really good product in that category why don't you give it a try and if you do that if you're willing to do that that'll make all the difference in the world we can't, we believe in our product strongly enough and we believe in the way people will react to it because we still see it today every, every day if people give it a try most people are going to have that really positive response so again if you can encourage people hey think about socks when you think about your outfit for running because it's really important and uh, here's a brand you might give them a try to that's that's all you need to do the rest of it is going to have to come from them so thanks for asking the question though gary you we bet. appreciate that you bet and uh i will because i'll be sitting i'll standing in an expo booth all weekend long okay okay <laughs> we need to talk to people <laughs> um thank you so much thank you so much for your time uh in this transitional period that you find yourself in i hope most yeah. of it is joyful with your grandkids as it should be it will be it will, yeah. be. It will. Thank, thank you so much thanks for having me it's been a pleasure and you're right those eight grandkids are the, are the best when you get to that point in your life you realize that and uh three of them are here in charlotte we took them to dinner last night five of them are out in northern california so we have a little bit more challenge in that regard but we're we're going to be with them uh soon as well so thank you so much for having me Thank you, Hugh, and I hope that you get to enjoy the time that you are spending now with your grandchildren. You just mentioned so many lessons in this interview about life and about business, but the biggest takeaway for me really was just being a good person to people. You know, treating others with respect and integrity, your clients, your vendors, your customers, any anyone that you come in contact really, it goes a long way to success and happiness. So visit features at features.com. That is spelled F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com, features.com. Oh, and I appreciate all of the support and the emails that I've received lately. You can support this independent podcast that I do. You can just go to my show notes. There's a little link to buy me a coffee. You can drop a little donation in there. And it goes a long way in supporting independent podcasts like this one. Thanks again and have a wonderful, wonderful week.